Thank you for tuning in. As always, I'd like to start with this disclaimer. I don't have all the answers, and you don't have all the answers, but the best way to pursue the truth is through open-minded discourse, and I hope to contribute in part to that today with a quick thought. Last week, the Supreme Court ruled a decision on the case Janus v. AFSCME. The core of this case was about unions taking fees from non-members' paychecks in order to support them in their various activities such as bargaining for better wages, time off, sick leave, etc. The plaintiff's argument was that because they were taking fees out of non-union members' paychecks, they were compelling speech on behalf of non-union members. The court case only affects public unions and employees because the argument goes, that if non-union members are having fees withdrawn from their paychecks without their consent, since they're non-members of the union, that anything done with those funds that affects their pay, because it's through the government jobs, is political in nature. The outcome of the case is that not only are unions not allowed to take fees from non-union members' paychecks, but now any kind of fee removal from unions must be opt-in not opt out. So for instance, when you sign on to a job, you now must voluntarily sign up to join the union in order for them to be able to take money from your paycheck, rather than signing on to the job and then having to sign on with them to not have them take it from your paycheck. Ultimately, this allows workers the freedom to choose whether or not they want a union representing them or not. I believe this is a good outcome, not only because people should have a choice as to whether or not they want a group speaking on their behalf, but also because unions are notorious for not only using these fees as a means of bargaining with their employers, but they also use it to support political causes outside. Now, the way it was currently structured is technically non-union member fees could only be used towards representing them in bargaining with employers. However, anyone who understands economics understands that money is fungible. So if I give you $5 and you don't spend that $5 on candy because I've told you I want you to spend it on broccoli, you can spend five of your own dollars on candy now because you don't have to spend that $5 on broccoli. So when you make the argument that the money taken from non-union members couldn't be used towards political causes, that only goes so far since any money that's now put towards bargaining with employers can be taken from those pools, while union dues-paying members' money can then go to arm the other political causes. The response to this decision has been extremely strong from the opposition. The line I hear the most is that workers' rights have been lost, or workers' rights are suffering. But no one can actually answer the question of what right has been taken away. The phrase is very popular, yet no one can answer the simple question of what right is taken away. Of course, what we do see is that workers now have the right to choose whether or not they give their money to the union. So if anything, rights have been restored, but that's not the narrative you'll hear from opponents of the decision. Now, one of the most common critiques I hear is that in light of this decision, we will now have a mass of freeloaders, a bunch of workers who don't want to join the unions, don't pay the fees, and yet the unions will still have to do the hard work of representing them 
and they will still get the benefit of any pay increases or negotiations that the unions make. Now, first of all, this has nothing to do with the Constitution, so using this as an argument as to why the court should have decided otherwise is pretty silly. But secondly, there are two very easy options to solve this problem. The first is union member-only contracts. Essentially, this is when the union would bargain with employers for increased pay or increased vacation days for their workers, but this would only affect members of the unions. That way, anyone who joined the union would get those benefits, while those who have not and haven't paid their fees wouldn't get the benefits. This would be an incentive for unions to do their jobs well, as they would want to be getting good results and make it attractive for people to want to join the unions. Currently, many union negotiations take place behind closed doors, where the union bosses who control all of the money and the employers make negotiations in secret, so union members don't even know what is being said or what they're arguing for. This decision now creates an incentive for those kinds of talks to be put in the light, to be transparent, so that people know what's being argued and if they like what they see, they can join the unions. The second solution is similar. It's that there are multiple unions per job. You see this a lot in Europe, where there will be multiple unions per business, and each of the unions represents different factions of workers. Maybe you have a more conservative union and maybe a more liberal one. These unions can collaborate together and negotiate for general pay raises for everyone, and they can approach the employer as one solidified unit. But then, when there are things that they want to spend on, such as political causes or other, they don't have to intersect, and the conservative unions can support their causes, and the liberal unions can support theirs. There's so much to talk about in this case that I'm definitely going to have to revisit this next week, and we're going to talk about the specific worrying things I've seen from the dissent from Justice Kagan. But when we look at this case and the decision that was made and the effect of that decision, I think we can shoot down the narrative of workers' rights being suppressed, and instead we can see that workers' choice has now opened up. The only kinds of negative impacts we see are if people don't want to adapt. And I don't think that's possible. I think that unions will see that they need to be more competitive, and then the unions themselves will become more attractive for people to join. Transparency will increase, and perhaps benefits will too, as they have to actually work hard in order to want to be attractive enough for people to join to pay the fees. Maybe this also forces unions to take a little bit less of a political stand in the public scene in order to become more appealing to workers. On the whole, I think this makes unions a little bit more representative of their workers, not just what the union bosses want them to be representative of. Thanks for spending your time on A Quick Thought.